0: Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, seasons greetings. You know, you could be listening to this in the year 2025 for all I know. It's a thing about podcasts. You never know when you're gonna listen to them. So but maybe it's Christmas 2025. If so, give me a call and let me know what the lottery numbers were for the past four years, because I could really use a little extra scratch. This is Dave. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. Uh, lovers, Muggers, thieves, all y'all out there, I thank you for joining us. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend or a colleague. That's how we spread the good word. Uh, Boston Podcast Network, we're approaching 200,000 downloads. That's right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank. You. Okay. 200,000 downloads. Thanks to you, listeners. Very cool that you're spreading it. Continue to please share and tell your friends. And if you're interested in your own podcast, go to pod617.com. We produce podcasts. It's what we do right here out of our Westwood Studios, I almost forgot where I was. I want to thank off the top our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the nation. By the way, still hiring for the holiday season right through January 3rd. So you want to make a little extra scratch? They pay 18 bucks an hour. That's not too bad. Please apply at usps.com slash careers. Or you can also email them, Hiring at usps.gov with any questions. Come join the U.S. Postal Service. Make a little extra scratch. U.S. Postal Service, deliver for the nation. And speaking of delivering for the nation, she's been delivering for her clients for a long time now. In-studio guest is Ms. Cindy Runge. Thank you for being here, Cindy. How was Hello. that? Good. I think um, my third cup of coffee of the day is kicking in, Cindy, so I hope I'm not overwhelming you. First, nope. Your first, first time here at the Pod 617 Studios. What do you think? It's great. You like what we've done with the place? Yeah. Yeah. You were making your way from a long commute here, or not so long, or
2: from the North Shore.
0: Oh, I came. God bless you! You came down all the way from the North Shore. <laughs> so, Cindy is a uh, family lawyer, but a family lawyer with. A twist, I would say, and you Cindy, you can tell me if this is a new thing or, or what, but you were telling me that you're also very interested and devoted to yoga, mindfulness, spiritualness? Spiritualness? No? Mindfulness.
2: Mindfulness, yeah. Okay,
0: which you wouldn't think would go hand in hand with butting heads with other lawyers in court over divorce matters. But, so, how? How do the two things fit together? Tell us right off the top.
2: I think the way that it fits the most obviously is through mediation, actually. So I'm a family law attorney, but I also do mediation and collaborative law. And I think there's a lot of similarities between yoga and mediation. Right. Um, And with that being, you know, just focusing on your breath and being in your body. um, Those are all really good things that can help you if you have to go to court as well.
0: Now when you're mediating a case, you you could I guess you could be either you could be the attorney, but do you do mediation as well, like with both parties there?
2: Yes. Yeah, that's so more of what you do. Okay. If I'm well, if I'm wearing the mediator hat right. in a particular instance, then I'm there to just help facilitate a conversation with the parties. I'm not there to advocate for either side right. as a mediator. Right. But when I'm wearing the lawyer hat, that's when I do my advocacy work.
0: Yeah, and you might have to get your hands dirty, if necessary. And by that, I mean fight for your client. I don't mean anything unscrupulous. Right. Um, but tell me how you got into yoga. Like, did that happen along the way, or have you always, has it always been a thing? Or
2: Well, I think, well, as a kid, I got into gymnastics, mm-hmm. and I really liked that. That kind of changed my life because it really helped me to focus, and, you know, it helped me um, develop, um, you know, just setting goals. And was that
0: did you were you inspired by Kerry Strug in the Olympics when she stuck the landing on a with with the hobbled ankle there no oh
2: no I, i'm much older so oh, <laughs> back to the I days see, of nadia i was nadia. say
0: you must have been 8 or 9 with kerry strug but no you, you i guess you're more of my generation yes um uh nadia i was going to say no olga Corbett. yeah um, that was in
2: the 70s yeah it's that a little before me but
0: she grew up in the same town, which is now part of Belarus, that my grandparents grew up in. So wow. I tell everybody that. And I just found out that um, famous Jewish gangster Meyer Lansky also grew up in this town. So, you know, you get uh, the yin and the yang.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yep.
0: And we'll be back with more useless information after this. No, so, um, so gymnastics. Yep. What did you dig? You did, did you do everything? The rings, the horse, the floor exercise? or
2: Yeah, so women's gymnastics is the balance beam and the uneven bars and the floor and okay. the vault. Okay. Yeah, so I did all those things.
0: And eventually uh,
2: Yeah, eventually, <laughs> you know, I realized I well, was very, com- very
0: competitive uh, even back then, right? I assume, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: No, I think it just um, helped me to focus on being in my body as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, with law, it's really easy to just get caught up with your thoughts and be in your head. Mm-hmm. And and I think um, over time, you know, going through college, going through law school, I just sort of ended up back in my head (laughs) Mm -hmm, (laughs) and needed to find a way to, um, you know, release stress and and also to just try to be healthier. And so I started off with, um, you know, just doing yoga and and I liked it and I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And then I just decided I was going to learn how to teach it because I wanted to just develop my own practice. Do you remember this? Oh, yes, (laughs) I sure do. Now, so this is...
0: Nadia's theme, and I never understood—is it just coincidence that it was called Nadia's theme, and people associated with N- Nadia Comaneci, or did he actually write it about her?
2: That—that's a good question. Yeah, as far know. as I know, I think ABC like swiped up this music when they would show her doing right, routines, right? And so it just kind of got renamed. Yeah, yeah. And well, it was also like the Young and the Restless, right?
0: You're right. It is the same. <laughs> I didn't realize that until now. It is the same as the Young and the Restless. Jeez, very versatile tune. Yep. Anyway, okay. Enough, Nadia. So, and um, okay. So, wait. We might as well answer the question. And, and you, you want to know the, the answer to this mystery? Sure. Nadia's theme is a piece of music composed by Barry D. Verizon and Perry. I don't yet can't even read what that says. Perry Botkin Jr. in 1971. It became associated with Olympic gymnast Nadia Comaneci during true. and after the 1976 Summer Olympics. And it's been used as a theme music to the young and the restless. Yeah. Very good. Oh, I was trying to ring you up there. Very good, Cindy. Okay. All right. Enough about that. I warned you that we go off on tangents and podcasting sometimes. So That's okay. Thank you. Thank you for joining me <laughs> on this nonsensical ride. But if, I, if I'm if um, i correctly interpreting what you're saying is something like um, gymnastics for you and, and later yoga, um, it must. how much of it is mental, because I, I guess um, if you're on the balance beam, right. which looks perilously hard to me, and I could never do it, and I don't understand how people actually jump in the air and land back on the beam. It must be so much, I mean, you got to be able to do this stuff physically, but once you can do it physically, it's like now in your head, you got to like sort of get so even and even keeled and, and, you know, level to do it exactly the same way again. Is, yeah. is that... Am I barking up the right tree there? Or?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's just like what they call like being in the zone.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, When yeah. you're
2: in the zone, whether it's through athletics or if you're preparing a case, you just get to that place where you're just really in it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, through gymnastics and through yoga, those were ways that I was able to access that and sort of grow that skill.
0: And does it tell me how that skill might come in handy. In doing what you do, whether you're mediating or you're trying a divorce case.
2: I think, you know, with mediation, you know, as lawyers, let me step back and say, you know, Mm -hmm. we have this tendency that we want to fix everything. We know, we've got the answer. Mm -hmm. And if you're being the mediator, that's really not your role. Your role is to help the parties have a conversation and they're going to have the best solution themselves. And you might be there to help them, you know, see something that's right in front of them Mm -hmm. or help them reality test certain situations. Um, so it's, it's learning to just let go and not feeling like you need to control things. And then, you know, in terms of litigation, you know, when you're getting into the zone and you're just really focusing on your case and your arguments, it's just being mindful of just doing one thing as opposed to trying, you know, it's like yeah. as a culture we value multitasking
0: yeah I, I'm the biggest offender I mean <laughs> you know you know what was probably one of the worst inventions when it comes to computing and using a computer is the the multiple windows you can have open at the same time on a yeah. computer because it it lends itself to what you say multitasking but it also lends it Self to being sort of scatterbrained. And I'm so guilty of it, like I'll, I'll be on one window and I'll, maybe I'll be waiting for something to upload and I'll say, well, I can go to another window and do this. Right. And then I go to a third window and now I've forgotten what I was working on in the first window. And sometimes you do, but but I wonder also if it comes in handy with you where, you know, divorce law, family law can get, um, it, be, it can become a, uh, I'm searching for a word, on, it can become an, an uncivil uh, arena. I'm sure you're not contributing to that incivility, but um, I wonder if it may help you when you receive some nastiness from the other side mm-hmm. for you to be able to take a breath and do the smart thing rather than fire back. And I suppose that better yet if, it, if, it, if that kind of thing trickles down to your clients who are going to be the most emotional about the thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you've said a lot there. I, I think I aspire to be the best person that I can. You know, do I always make the mark that I hold for myself? No. You know, there yeah. are times when I get angry with if somebody's being uncivil and, um, you know, I get the chance to do things differently the next time. Yeah. So I just try to be kind to myself and try to be mindful of, like, what might be driving the other person for doing what they're doing not always easy and I'm not always successful at it but that's sort of the mindset that I try to have
0: I try to do the same thing life's too short to be nasty and just to fire away and 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 um and not let things go to use a word that you term that you used earlier but um like you I have my moments I'll give you one good and one bad just recently just recently I I was in line at the liquor store and there's a woman up front and and um she had a case of wine and she was um uh, I think fair to say elderly and the guys behind the counter said can I help you bring this out to your car she said oh that would be very nice but why don't you take these other people first before which is nice of her I was the last in line so I so I went to the front and I said you know what I can give you a hand with this you know no problem and she was very grateful and I, and I felt good about myself that yeah. day now I'll give you an example of the contrary okay there was one. you know usually it's like let things go let things go let things go there was this one time I was in line at the supermarket and uh, the 15, the express line. So I think it was 10 items or less. And I'm like fourth in line. I literally have a six pack of Diet Coke and nothing else. Right. And most people in front of me have either one or two items. And this woman comes up from behind me and has like a loaf of bread or something. And she says, um, youngish girl, like younger than me at the time. I think it, she comes by and she says right up to the front says, it looks kind of generally at the people. And I said, Hey, do you mind? I'm paying with cash. Do you mind if I just grab this? Cause I got to go. And so the other three people in line kind of look at her and kind of, you know, uh, shrug their shoulders like, yeah, okay, okay. And I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to put my foot down. I said, no, you know what, I mind. And she and she says, what? And I said, well, I only have one item, too. This is the express lane. That's what this lane is for. And she says, um, well, I don't see what the big deal is. I'm paying cash. I said, I'm you know, I'm paying cash, too, for this six-pack that I cook. She goes, well, why don't you just go right ahead? And I said, no, I'm going to wait in line like a polite person. <laughs> And she stood in line behind me, and I could feel her fuming. Um, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I'm i okay with that one, you know, <laughs> but but not that this is such a grand pronouncement or, or that I cured all the ills of society by doing this. Or maybe I did. You know, you never know. Um, the, in hindsight, what I should have done is I should have paid for her bread. See, that, oh, that, you mean like the that, Starbucks
2: thing? Pay it forward or something? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. But this
0: would have been a good point to say, you know, I you know, I called you on your bullshit, but... I'm not that bad a guy. I'm gonna pay. I wish I could do it that way.
2: But don't you think like every day is going to be different? You know, of you're going to have more patients some days. You're going to have less patients other days. It depends on what we're all dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, one time I was very fortunate. Have um, you ever heard of Brian Kest? No. He's a yoga teacher. Okay. Um, he's he used to do a lot of um, like. Videos like yoga videos in the 80s and 90s, and he did a lot of like really hardcore sort of yoga, you know, yeah. like really. Um, and anyway, so he was teaching at a studio, and I, I don't know how this happened, but I got to pick him up and or drop him off at the airport. I don't remember even. How. Oh wow!
0: But and I He's kind of like celebrity yoga guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, so okay. for me, it was a big deal. Big deal, yeah. Right, yeah.
2: and so I and it turned out we were similar in age, or we are similar in age, and he, I don't know how it came up, but something about. You know, how do you how do you judge one person against the other? you know like if if one person is screaming and swearing, you know, and you're saying, "Oh, that person is really out of control, they're really um, not a good person, but he's like, who's to say that that isn't like an improvement for yeah. that person? And so you know you, you just <laughs> don't know you know yeah. you don't know what yeah. what they were like before are they are they actually modifying their behavior are they working towards some sort of yeah, I don't know. Peace.
0: Of course, if someone cuts you off in traffic and then comes at you with a baseball bat, I'm going to presume that's their low point and not like an improvement <laughs> over what they would have done otherwise. Exactly. But um, right. But it's a good point. In, in general, I mean, you're a good person to ask because you practice this mindfulness. Are we getting more polite or less polite as a society?
2: Oh, wow. That's a really... It's a good question. Yeah. You know, what's interesting. I just want to, before I answer that, I would say I'm very, um, grateful that the bar is starting to take awareness of civility. Um, I know, um, through the mass bar, I, -hmm. I participated in doing a training for new attorneys about it. Oh, Um, but you know, there's a lot of other people who are doing that too. Um, and I think there's also a focus on wellness, for lawyers, which mm-hmm. I think is really, really important because when I graduated from law school, <laughs> it's like there's, it didn't matter. You just get out and you, you don't talk about things like that. You have, you can't talk about any thing that you're grappling with or you're struggling with. If you're going through a divorce, that's your problem. No one wants to hear about it. If you're, you know, a solo practitioner, nobody wants to hear about the problems associated with that. I think a lot of that is changing. I mean, I, Still yeah. think people are guarded about it but the aba has done a lot also to promulgate you know standards for wellness and i actually am really proud that i i wrote an article last year that was in the aba and i interviewed a lot of attorneys who are also either yoga teachers mm-hmm. or um uh now turned therapists lawyers turned therapist
0: Is that um, article available on on the World Wide Web? We will provide a a link to it in the show notes to this podcast. Or if you're watching this podcast on the Adore app, there's a link right there. You can click through right now and read um, Cindy's article and be a better person. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everybody. I'm Chami
1: DePerel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you. Whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional, you should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head. Literally, pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to pod617.com to start planning. And in the meantime, listen to the great shows they've already produced. The irreverent Bitchless Bride Podcast, the hilarious show known as Shawshanked, and the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com. In pod, we trust.
0: I was at Lawyers Weekly from 95 through 2010. hmm and I do remember back in 95, it, when I started, even back then, it was an issue. I, I'll take your word for it that it's getting better and there's more. Uh, and what I'm talking about is incivility. The, the wellness thing has always been, it's always been a challenge too. I mean, a lot of lawyers have drug problems and alcohol problems because of the stresses of the job. Sure. Is Lawyers Concerned for Lawyers still around? Do you know? Yeah. yeah. So yep. that, that's a good organization it that is. you can just call up and they, they'll help you. Um, but I do remember writing pieces back in the, in the mid-90s and maybe – to your point, maybe it was it was just worse back then. The, the anecdote I remember relaying was one lawyer told me, he was in a courtroom once and there was a lawyer stood up in court to address the judge and said, judge, uh, I'm gonna have to postpone the date that we have in two weeks. My baby is due that day, right? Mm-hmm. And the opposing counsel said with a straight face, Your Honor, opposing counsel has known about this for nine months now. I really think she should have planned (laughs) it. I think I've heard
2: that story.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, maybe, and maybe it's even apocryphal, but, but, um, but that's so you think that there's less of that now?
2: No, I don't, I don't mean to say that. I still think there is a lot of incivility and it can be easy to get sucked up into. And, and I know I have been on the, you know, I do the best that I can when I'm trying to deal with it. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is I th- I am grateful that there's more of an awareness that it's important to focus on wellness and, um, you know, that this is it's we have to focus on work life balance. So mm-hmm. we have to be great advocates for our clients if we're you know litigating um, a litigation practice and a work life balance is very challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a mediator or you're a collaborative attorney, I think you have a lot more space for that. Um, but with litigation, you know, if people are filing motions and, and you've got to like respond quickly, it's really hard to do that. So you've, you know.
0: Right. Right. I remember when I was at lawyers weekly again, uh, covering a lawyer named Harvey Schwartz who was a really excellent employment law attorney. Don't know if he's still around. He had, um, a scare with cancer mm-hmm. in the mid to late nineties. And, um, rebounded from it, came back, went through chemo, the whole thing, and then wow. wrote, and wrote an article about how it had sort of changed his view and could sort of softened him as, a, as what he used to be more of a hard-nosed lawyer and just kind of um, more of a pit bull. And I remember talking to him saying, did you get good feedback from the article? He said, yeah, people love it. He said, but my one of my closest friends pointed something out to me. He said, you know what you've done, Harvey, you've, in, you've, uh, you've just in a very manipulative way, pulled the most incivil move ever. Because now, if anyone on the opposing counsel ever tries to pull some crap on you, the judge is gonna look and see this is the poor guy who just had cancer. You can't pull that on
2: him. Oh, Lord.
0: <laughs> I mean, that was tongue in cheek. Right. Um, let me take a break just for a minute here. By the way, we're coming back uh, after this brief break to talk about the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Do you know what it is? You should. <laughs> Cindy and I are gonna tell you what it is and tell you why we love it so much. U.S. Postal Service is the second largest employer in the United States, offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today, usps.com slash careers. And once again, I remind you, they're hiring for the holiday season. Apply at usps.com slash careers or email them, Hiring at usps.gov. I also want to thank our friends at Adori. That's A-D-O-R-I. If you love podcasts, and you probably do, you're listening to this one after all, Go to the App Store on your phone, download the Adori app, again, A-D-O-R-I. It's an anagram for radio, hearkening back to the old days of when we used to love radio. Now we love podcasts. Your podcast will come to life. So unlike other apps, you'll see images. You can see um, a photo of uh, attorney Cindy Runge and get to know her a little better. And like I said, we're going to provide our uh, links and stuff to stuff that Cindy has written and maybe a movie clip or two coming up after this. Anyways, go to the App Store. And download the Adori app, A-D-O-R-I. And um, so let's get back to it. So to reach Cindy, by the way, it's RungeFamilyLaw.com. So her last name is spelled R-U-N-G-E FamilyLaw.com. She is an awesome pro I've, no- I've known you for, I mean, it seems like not that long, but it probably has been like eight years or more. Has that it really? I don't know. Like since we we start, we did, we've done networking stuff together. Yep. Probably. I don't know. A couple did... years. At, Can at you least... get closer to the mic, Cindy? I don't want to miss any information at all. Thank you.
2: At <laughs> least four. Oh, I think four. it's more
0: than that. Were you in Provisors when we were doing that? You weren't in Provisors, no. the USA 500. Right. Okay. Are you yeah. still doing it? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyways, com. <laughs> Cindy and I are just chatting away. I hope you guys are still interested. Uh, should we do the Christmas thing? Sure. Let's, let's do it. All right. So, this will be this particular episodes edition of Good Stuff because there's nothing better than a great Christmas movie. So um, let's play Good Stuff. That's the Good Stuff. So, okay, B-52s. So, as I violate their copyright, sorry, B-52s. I only played a little bit. Anyway, so... When I asked you what the best holiday slash Christmas movie was, the first thing you said was "It's a Wonderful Life," right? Yep. Which is a fine answer. Um, do you watch that every year? Or by the way, that's not the answer to what the best is. That's coming up. So
2: <laughs> no, I don't. But okay. um, I certainly watched a lot of it. I watched it, you know, many times over the years.
0: Yeah, and that's that's one that's well. It's it's hard, like. Um, you have kids yes yes so so i have kids they're a little older now but that was one i always had a hard time getting them into because th- there's a hurdle i think with this younger generation anything that looks old yeah they're like eh. i mean <laughs> i mean i guess we had it too like but but there are certain you know absolute classics you have to accept and this has to be one of them i mean some people say that's the greatest movie of all time yeah. not, not just christmas movie right but anyway um that's not where we're going because um there's a better one <laughs> and um yeah let's see see if you uh recognize some clips from this movie if the audio comes up on this come every
1: on. day like christmas number two there's room for everyone on the nice list number three the best way to spread christmas cheer is singing
0: loud for all to hear
2: and one
0: This is the part where he tries to hug the raccoon.
2: Does someone need a hug? My son
0: says that all the time. And And he gets chomped by the uh, raccoon. So I remember seeing this. Let's see. Um... This was released in 2003? Okay, yeah. Wow. Now, everybody's heard of Elf. This is probably kind of an obvious choice, but I, my theory on this is it wasn't actually that much of a classic when it first came out. Do you remember seeing it for the first time? No.
2: No. I don't. I, I only saw it after my daughter was born, so it oh, okay. like 2009.
0: Okay. I remember seeing it for the first time and thinking, cute movie, but it... it The first time around, it kind of didn't completely work for me just because, I don't know, a little too silly, a little too, no one really knows what an elf would really be like. and Anyway, um, it it just becomes more and more endearing, I think, every year because of, of, you know, Will Ferrell as Buddy the Elf. He's silly and all kinds of sight gags and everything else, you know, he, he runs across the street and in Times Square and gets hit by a car and then apologizes to the car, you know, Oh, sorry, you know, and, and he's just so innocent, yep. but there's something sort of nice and simple. And he really is the spirit of Christmas. He looks, he looks at the the bright side of everything. And it's, and it's cool if everyone can maybe capture that around Christmas time. I don't know. Why, why do you love it?
2: Um, I, I just really enjoy watching my daughter experience it. You know, she just thinks it's so funny. And mm-hmm. when I try to, you know, when I take her to New York, um, there's a bus that leaves from our community. They, they go down for a shopping day. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. you d- you just go down in the morning, come back the same day, and they always show that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's something to look oh, that's forward
0: cool. to. Yeah, that's a cool little tradition. Um, yeah, uh, by the way, there's a moment in the movie that actually, because um, my girlfriend has younger kids, and I remember watching this with her and her kids, and this was a few years ago, but there's a moment in the movie where, um bob newhart who is perfect as as papa elf ex- yep. explaining to buddy the elf that people are beginning to lose faith in santa claus thinking he doesn't exist and so will ferrell of course says, well who delivers those presents all and papa elf says well there's a there's a rumor going around that the parents actually do it right mm-hmm. and like do you remember your your your, if your daughter still believes in Christmas, then um, don't let her listen to this podcast. But but but, but, but did that that didn't blow it for it, did it? You'd remember if it did, I guess.
2: You know, I'm I'm not sure where she really stands with Santa right now. I know she did get her picture taken with him this year. It might be the last time. Yeah, I'm guessing. Um, I mean, she how did, old is she? If you She's ten. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, that's funny. That's my girlfriend's daughter. Same exact thing. Still a believer through and through. Elf on a shelf still believes in the yep. magic. Okay, yeah. so you think you got one more year?
2: Yeah, I well, you know, I, I mean, she did notice like is two years ago. How come my presents are wrapped up in the our wrapping paper? How did Santa <laughs> just? Oh well, we had to leave it out for him because you know yeah. how would he carry all that wrapping paper?
0: I remember hanging on, clinging to it. I think you can still be a smart kid and still sort of cling to the existence of Santa Claus out of just. Kind of blind optimism, and I think it's okay to be blindly optimistic sometimes. I think that's <laughs> kind of what Elf is like. Like, like, just you know, it, it, we're watching a shot now. He got confined to the mailroom, so he turned the mailroom into a dance party. Like it was funny, um, but and and ironically, I'm a I'm a Jewish kid, but my mom had been raised Irish Catholic, and she converted before she married my dad. So as my dad allowed her to continue the tradition of putting stockings up, so so and as a result, my mom we got like the best we didn't get christmas presents per se we got hanukkah presents but on christmas morning we got a lot of crap in our in our stockings like all kinds of toys and mostly little things but it was all all fun and i have this distinct memory of running into my uh parents bedroom like i don't know at midnight or something and saying mom i have to go to the bathroom but i'm afraid that i'm gonna interrupt santa claus (laughs) and so she walked me in um I think it's. I remember clinging to it after other people. Uh, the ki- other kids were telling me, "No, Santa doesn't exist." Yeah, you so should be proud. Aren't yeah. you proud of your daughter? She's- oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah, is,
0: is she? Um, is she the kind of whimsical, dreamy type, or not necessarily? Like, is is she the type that would that would attach herself to Santa Claus?
2: I think, you know, parts of her, certainly, yeah. Is
0: she more yoga instructor or more divorce <laughs> attorney? She can be either one.
2: <laughs> I think she's more like my husband. I think she's oh. very pragmatic and very um uh she notices everything.
0: Hypervigilance. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No noticing I I that's um that's that's an amazing trait in a kid and it's it's easily easy to forget how much they notice and then you know you say something that you probably shouldn't have said around the kids and yeah, they remember yeah. they remember everything. Yeah. Um so you have you already watched Elf this year with the family? No,
2: we were going to watch okay. it on the bus and then they didn't have it this year so oh we were boy. bummed. Yeah, so we'll we'll definitely watch it before Christmas.
0: Any other Christmas movies come to mind? Add yeah, one uh, or two now. Oh, Home Alone. Okay, Home Alone that's a good one. Yep. Okay, can you settle the debate once and for all? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends on your perspective.
0: Yeah, it, it, to me, that's a, it's a silly. There's, I mean, just for sport, a lot of people have that debate every Christmas about you know what I mean. You know, John McClane, Bruce Willis. The uh, he, you know, murders one of the terrorists and then <laughs> and then puts a Santa hat on him and sends him down the elevator, all bloodied. And um, so I guess it's got it's Definitely takes place during Christmas. It just depends on what you want a Christmas movie. If it's the spirit of Christmas, then no, no, it's not Die Hard. I like Scrooged. You, you ever see Scrooged? Yeah, yeah with Bill Mark. Murray. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a little underrated because it gives you the cool. Like if you. Working backwards, the speech at the end he makes, where he's all like disheveled and teary-eyed, and he talks about how he I get it now, and that this is the time to call up an old friend or call your parents or like I get it now, like and that's actually pretty sweet for a Bill Murray speech.
2: Yeah, but Groundhog Day is like the <laughs> his best that, movie. You think so? Oh, I love that movie.
0: That movie um, is that- an absolute classic. I could, it's a rewatchable. Like you can watch it anytime, and. It's been analyzed by, like, philosophers and stuff. <laughs> do you, I mean, do you know why?
2: No, tell me.
0: Well, I mean, it's nothing um, you wouldn't sort of induce uh, with, some, with some time, but deduce with some time is that the it, it just poses this question as to what what would you do if your day was like his was in the movie. He fell into this this weird vortex where right. every day was the same. And then other philosophers say maybe it's a metaphor about how that is what our life is. Mm-hmm. Our life really is everything uh, uh, like uh, we sometimes do become creatures of monotony and how do we break that or because in the he goes to do you remember what he does like the phases he goes through yeah like he it, at first he
2: wakes up to sunny and share right right i, I got, you, got you babe right
0: <laughs> but then at first his reaction is is disbelief of course right. and and then he He doesn't have much fun with it and he and he realizes he's trapped in this in Punxitawney, uh, Pennsylvania, which he doesn't like. Right. And eventually tries to tries to kill himself. Right. Kills himself. Comes back anyway. Kills himself again, comes back again, kills himself like three different ways. Right. Including like going over the cliff with the with the groundhog in the car. And um (laughs) then there's a phase where he just has has fun with it. Mm -hmm. And he like, you know, picks up girls and goes to the movies. And then there's a phase where he um, becomes very charitable and he just he knows there's a kid that falls from a tree every day so he runs over there to catch the kid so he doesn't break his leg. Um, And I guess, I don't know what the real philosophers say, but I guess it's kind of like, do we do that in our every lives? Do we, in order to mix up the mundane, do we go through phases where we just seek pleasure or just super nice or just super selfish?
2: Well, it's like you... So sort of, you know, you have to keep doing the same thing until you you can change or you have to have that's the same experience where... until you're ready to do it differently.
0: See, that's why you're the mindfulness expert. <laughs> that's why you're smarter than I'm me. I'm not an because expert. Because that is what happens. That's the way he breaks it by mm-hmm. actually changing who he is and becoming a nicer person. Wait, are we talking about Scrooge or Groundhog Day? <laughs> yeah, it's the same in every movie. Anyway, we are up against the clock here. Once again, Cindy Rudge, who is awesome, and thank you for being such a good sport. Um, Rungefamilylaw.com. That's R-U-N-G, familylaw.com. Do, uh, do you have to spell your last name all the time?
2: Um, well, you know, it's funny. There's um, a branch of the family in Texas, and they call themselves the Rungies. Really? And then, you know, where Runge is, and so they're like, oh, why do you say Runge? And I say, why do you say runge? But I guess there was a baseball player. Paul Rungy.
0: Really? I don't remember him. Paul Rungy. That's what Runge. I was told. Oh, Rungy. Yeah. Rungy. Rungy. Yeah. What, did I have the drawl? Did I say Rungy? <laughs> no? No, you actually, Texas, there's, an, so.
2: there's another attorney um, with the same, you know, spelling last name, who was also a family law attorney and uh, collaborative attorney in Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time I had an issue in Texas, and I never talked to her before. I said, hey, you know, we have the same last name. I figured I'd call you and ask you. So I learned a little bit about that side of the family. So it is
0: a pretty rare name. I mean, I don't know anyone else named Runge, or Runge.
2: I think in Germany (laughs) it's supposed to be pretty common. Big in Germany. That's
0: like my last name, Yaz, Y-A-S, which I'm constantly spelling, even though it's only three letters. uh, People still misspell it. And there's like, with the advent of Facebook, we eventually did find that some other people have our last name and they thought it would be fun to make a facebook group some of the people i'm actually related to and some of them just happen to have the last name yaz which i think is weird like how <laughs> what what really do we have to talk about right but it is um yeah it is, it is a weird thing ours my my name was yasavlan before it was shortened i don't know which i prefer anyway well i didn't realize we were going to get so deep and thoughtful <laughs> and we just solved all the world's problems and we <sighs> deciphered Groundhog Day but it was all fun so thank you so much did you enjoy yourself today on the show yes thank okay. you well I hope you come back sometime all right happy holidays I hope you do get to see Buddy the Elf and all of his exploits there's a show have you, have you should. at some point you should take your daughter to see the show or off Broadway show or on Broadway show oh really Elf. oh yeah oh cool yeah there's a whole my son listens to the soundtrack in the car it's the story of Buddy the Elf yeah anyway Anyway, we're just in – let's go have some eggnog, Cindy, and uh, (laughs) let's get out of here. Thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like this, please share it with a friend or a colleague. If you want to produce your own podcast, you could be here in our Westwood studios. Just go to pod617.com to figure out how to do that. And thanks again to our sponsors, U.S. Postal Service and uh, Adori. Go download the Adori app on the App Store. On behalf of attorney Cindy Runge, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Happy holidays, everybody! You must be the other guy.